Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm Steve McNally, and we are your home for F1 racing this side of the pond. And on today's pod, we will preview the Qatar Grand Prix. Yes, we will attempt to preview it real, real good. And I feel like there's only so much we can do, seeing as how we have so little data on this particular race, Steve. And uh, once again, we'll try to uh, get back on the prediction train for whatever that's worth. <laughs> yeah, we're not good at it sometimes, so I don't know how hard it's been to miss it the past <laughs> few times. But we'll try. We we are good triers. So, so yeah, first let's uh, you know let's touch on what we talked about last week in uh, you know how Logan Sargent races his race ended and kind of you know what that means for him and and that you know, last seat at Williams going forward. Cause that is the final seat that doesn't have somebody signed to it for 2024. Right. Now, uh, you know, team principal James Vowles from Williams came out and had a pretty, you know, pointed supported message for Logan saying that, you know, he has certain targets to hit, you know, we're seeing improvement. Unfortunately it's being marred by, uh, you know, he didn't say this, but the millions of dollars in damage he's doing, uh, he, you know, more or less called them unfortunate incidents. Uh, but it seems like it's still his seat to lose. But Ryan, it's, it's getting to the point now where he's costing the team not not just money, but that money to be put towards the development of the car for the rest of this year and next year. Yeah, and so this is the stuff I've been looking on with, like, the justification, right? So you look what happened with, like, Nick DeVries, and you look what's happening in some other situations. Do you feel like any driver is out there that is a slam dunk to stick in that Williams next year and say, yeah, that's it? Are you going to go with Mick? Probably not. You wouldn't call him a slam dunk. He's had his chance on the track. He didn't do it uh, to a point where you're like, oh, man, this guy is a can't miss. Um, and if you're going to have someone who's going to wreck a bunch of race cars, you already have Logan in place. <laughs> right. You, 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 already got, you already got a guy who spent a lot of money, somebody else's money. Um, even I mean, You can look at someone like Piastri and say, okay, he goes, was he a little bit more, you know, easy money than say some of these other guys you're looking at do you do you go with a Drugovich? do you go with uh you know a liam lawson do you, do you think there's someone out there where it's like we got to get this guy in this car he's going to be a slam dunk for us and if not and you're thinking logan never raced these uh tracks before we stuck him in a car much what james said earlier this week was like we stick this guy in a car and say hey go perform and bam you start the season and you're just figuring out the rest of the season. And, and also we're, we're giving the upgrades to your teammate and right. not to you, but you know, it's also like, we don't want to give them to you because we know you're going to wreck them and we want to have these upgrades. Right. Um, but it, in reality, it's harder for him to get the upgrades because of the money he's costing the team to fix his car. If they had, you know, a little bit more money in the kitty, they can afford to fabricate, you know, upgrades to both cars and have them a little bit more readily available. But, you know, it is what it is, you know, that Alex gets to technically drive with a slightly better, you know, quote unquote, upgraded car than what Logan has. Um, so he, he, he does have that 
as a defense. It's a small defense, but it is there. But it, and, and to the point being is, uh, I make all of that to say, if you stick Mick in there, you stick Djokovic in there, you stick Liam in there, are you going to get a, a much better season next year than, say, second-year Logan with all of he's learned this past year um, and having second chances at these tracks and growing and maybe not making the same mistakes, getting those improvements, making the off-season changes, getting all the stuff going for him. Does does Logan Sargent in year two have more upside than taking a dart throw at some of these other guys who aren't slam dunk Lando Norris's Max Verstappen's? So, I, so let's talk about... Uh, you know, probably the I guess the most talked about, uh, you know, applicant, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, you know, Liam Lawson, who has stepped in for Daniel Ricardo, now four races under his belt. You know, someone who does not technically have a you know home for next year, at least in the twenty you know spots that are there in F one. Four races in, he's beaten his teammate. In, uh, I think every race, which I mean, it, it's a little bit unfair because you know, uh, Yuki didn't he's get some bad luck that was he, yeah, he didn't get to start in Italy and then he was kind of taken out by Checo in Singapore. But you know, he's out qualified his teammate, he scored more points than his teammate because he's actually scored two points. And you know, in, in the one race where they were able to really be head-to-head and they fought head-to-head in Japan uh, Liam came out on top and you could definitely make the argument that the Alpha Tauri is a lesser car to the Williams in in the bigger picture I know it'll suit certain tracks better but you know I think that's that's a big case for Liam that in this car he's able to do this stepping in mid-season think um you know that that's a lot of arguments in his favor. If Williams actually wants him, if he actually also wants to go to Williams, yeah, because we've seen. I feel like Liam doesn't really want to step outside of Red Bull racing, right? Especially what we've talked about. Twenty twenty four is an up and down. It's an up for grabs kind of year for a lot of cars, right? There's a lot of movement because of the way contracts are. So is he young enough and seeing the the landscape be what it is, he's like, you know, who knows what happens. I got into a car this year I wasn't expecting to, per se. I could definitely slip into a car next year. Silly season can happen early next year. Uh, they cut bait on a, on a driver halfway into their last year uh, to get him a chance in the car, to give him a, a, a cup of coffee to see if it's going to work. Um, so do you play... Do you play the game of chance, if you will, knowing that you probably have a likelihood of sticking in a car that you want to be in in 2025 versus trying to sneak into the Williams as your only option that's on the grid and you see what Logan's going through, right? Um, now, don't get me wrong. I think Alex's performance in that car, if you think you've got the talent that he does, you can point consistently probably in that Williams if they can maintain that next year. But again, it's an underfunded team. Uh, Logan hasn't had the best time. Um, and so, you know, 
is that really an option? And I do believe there is some amount of money that is buying out Liam from Red Bull Racing that also Williams would have to consider. So. Right. And also there, there, you know, there was the, uh, you know, un- unconfirmed, but, you know, story out there that Liam was going to accept the reserve role at Red Bull and coming with the guarantee that he would have one of the quote unquote four Red Bull seats in 2025. You know, that, that's how it was presented that, you know, you stick around, you're the test reserve driver. After a year, you're getting one of the four seats. It might even be at Red Bull. And, I, you know, I think, you know, if it's true, because Christian Horner threw a little bit of cold water on that, saying, like, listen, there is no guarantees in F1. Uh, your, your contract can end at any time, or you can end up anywhere, seemingly. Uh, I think Liam's playing with like a lot of house money right now. You know, clearly people see the talent. People are impressed. Even if the opportunity showed up at Williams, like what's the benefit of him going there? And then he goes there and performs badly. He ruins the chance of getting in the Red Bull seat, which I think is, you know, if he hangs around in, in kind of like the same mentality that Danny had after last year, right? He lost his ride at McLaren, probably had the chance to sign somewhere else. At, you know, I, I think Haas was a possibility, but he didn't want to be further down at the grid. Um, he wanted to bide his time until, you know, Checo wasn't in the mix anymore and he could possibly find his way to a better team. I think, you know, just the opportunity presented itself this year where it's like, shit, I could start racing this year and really prove that I still got it. And, you know, unfortunately he got hurt. But I think Liam has kind of the same mentality right now where it's like, if I take this Williams seat and they're not good, I'm only hurting my chances to be in one of the top teams where I feel like I should be. You know, even if it's a a loan to Williams, because teams can loan out drivers without having to break the contract. But, um, I don't know. I think possibly Logan might be higher on the list, at least right now, than Liam in Williams' mind. Now, that's not the only option out there uh, because we still have, you know, Felipe Drogovic. True. But do we think, where do we think he goes? I, I think, like, my sneaky thing is that Lance gives up the ghost and he sneaks into the Aston Martin. Versus Williams, I, you know, I, I, I don't. Oh man, so I, I feel like Lance has like been the only surefire thing between him and like Max. Like he's gonna be there until whenever. But so I mean, ma- making the case for Felipe, he was obviously the F two champion last year. You know, the same year Logan was there, and he won the championship by a hundred points. Like he blew away the competition. Uh, including this year's potential F2 winner, Teo Porcher. Um, certainly a capable driver. He's gotten experience in uh, practice sessions. Uh, and, you know, being associated with Aston Martin means you're still semi-associated with Mercedes because it's all the same engine. He's not, you know, a Mercedes guy like Mick is or a Mercedes guy like Fedrick Vesti is. Um, but he's still kind of in the mix and I, I, I just don't know if 
stroll seat's going to be the one open up. We know that there is, you know, a haze over this Williams seat where it's not definitive. Um, I think he deserves a, a fair shout as far as an opportunity. Yeah, I, I think this is the challenge, right? It's, you know, you see those kinds of drivers with, uh, you would call it pedigree, I guess, right? But, you know, you look at someone like Nick DeVries, you look like someone like Mick, they had success on the lower levels too, but really struggled when they came up, right? And so it, it's it's hard to say... You know, uh, I'm gonna pick this guy. It, it's it, it's uh, for a baseball analogy. It's like a quadruple A player, right? And it's like, okay, you're in triple A and you're raking and you're hitting 300 or you're blowing pitches by guys. You bring them up to the majors, they suck. <laughs> they go back down to triple A. They're still killing. They just there's a level in between the minors and the majors that you belong in, but you don't really belong in either. You're either crushing it in the smaller leagues, but you're not quite making it in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Oscar spent that time in that kind of purgatory too, because he, um, you know, won the F two title in 2021, so he had to sit all of last year waiting for an opportunity. He was, you know, with Alpine at the time, they completely fumbled the bag, but, uh, you know, you, you win that level, you know, Mick was able to go straight from F2 to Haas, but that was, you know, he didn't blow away the competition when he won. It, it was, you know, fairly close. I think it, it took it down to the last race for him to win. Um, you know, uh, but in fairness to Mick, name recognition, obviously, yeah, the name scion, recognition, the scion of a great driver, uh, and you know, hoping that that pedigree bears out. Also, I'm sure money follows him to a certain yeah, extent because he was he also, is. you know, a Ferrari Academy driver going to Haas with you know the probably the the strongest tie back to you know the mother team as far as the customer teams go. Like they're 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 more closely aligned to Ferrari. You know, not just part supplier wise, but a little bit more than Alfa Romeo. So, like, it made sense that he had a direct line in there. But and there's know. probably some some grand, you know, warm feeling in the mind or grand scheme in the mind of you work out here on Haas. Maybe you jump around to another team in between. Someday you return to Ferrari and win championships like your dad. Right? Um, I. And I, you know, I do hope Mick has a career out there for him in F1. I, I think he deserves another shot. I really do. Um, but he just didn't prove that he deserves a spot on this grid compared to who's out there. Yeah, and, and you know, being in the Haas isn't exactly the environment to thrive. But um, we'll, we'll see if he gets another crack at it. Certainly Toto's doing everything in his power to convince somebody to take him. Um, and I, I, it doesn't look likely at this point, honestly, you know, placing a bet on it right now today, uh, it seems like it's still Logan's seat to lose. Um, but he has six races left. 
I can't believe there's only six races left in the season, by the way. Um, here we are staring at the, uh, you know, uh, final just two months of the season now. And, you know, he'll have to make, uh, you know, some really strong, uh, excuse me, some really strong performances. I feel like if he ends up not getting a point all year, and I know there's you know levels of performance that don't include getting a point. Like hey, if he's better than Alex in the next six races, you know that's that's something good. But man, to to come away without a point for the entire season, where you've had you know a sub driver come in and score points, and both Haas drivers score points, it's going to be a you know tough pill to swallow. It's but, the, it's true. I mean, you look at it though, and he hasn't gotten the upgrades. He's had a lot of damage on that car. Um, he's had a little bit of bad luck. Uh, so, you know, improvement would be good. You know, keep your nose clean the last six races. Uh, you know, see if you can climb up that ladder. Uh, consistently find some performance. Uh, maybe qualify well uh, when you can. And maybe he can find a way into doing that without pointing. But it, I, I think points, some, uh, some points, even a point, and the last six races would do a long way for Logan looking like he deserves his seat next year. Yeah, well, his first opportunity to, you know, try to win over the hearts and minds of the people who make decisions at Williams will be uh, this weekend in Qatar. Yes, it will be. And, you know, Qatar is an interesting race here. And uh, maybe to a benefit to Logan, uh there are other drivers who have not seen this racetrack either um, that he can compete against. And those who have seen it, it's not like they've got lots of reps on it. So maybe that is a benefit to him and some of the other drivers who are looking to maybe make some hay this weekend uh, to either move up in points or qualify well or just stop Max from having a 20-point, 20-second <laughs> uh, uh, lead when he wins. So, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, like L- Liam, Oscar, Logan, the the rookies have not been here. Uh, we've only done one race here. It was in 2021. And like, like you said, e- even the drivers who just had that one race, you know, it was in that previous generation of car. You know, it was that more um, over-the-body downforce uh, style car that really suited mercedes for so many years and then at the end red bull but now we've got the ground effect cars and you know with this track being flat out in a lot of the corners and completely like flat track you know there there's no change in elevation really uh it's interesting to see how the drivers who were here before in the different style of car are able to you know cope with the new car and how it handles differently um, so you know, Lewis won the race two years ago pretty handily in you know what we used to call a Lewis style now we call it a Max Verstappen style win he won by like 30 seconds uh, there was only eight cars on the lead lap yeah. so it, it was pretty dominant and you know it, it's a it's a fairly short lap um, it'd be interesting to see where the you know times come with these new cars but you know at, at a minute 20 it's a pretty short lap so uh if you're not on the pace you run the risk of 
you know, embarrassingly being lapped. But uh, I think Max does have the opportunity to wrap up the championship this race, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's correct, especially if certain things play out a certain way. But the, uh, yeah, an odd race last race. Uh, the Alpines outperforming uh, a lot of other teams. Uh, Fernando Alonso getting on a podium with an Alpine. Um, yeah, well, and... you know, that, that race, you know, because it's it's primarily a MotoGP track and it's flat and it, it puts a lot of energy through the tires... Uh, you know, they had some, you know, puncture issues. I think Valtteri was up in fourth, I think, and then suffered a, a puncture and ended up finishing last. Uh, so it'd be in, it's interesting to see how, you know, these cars will will cope. Yeah. Just, just listen to the people on the grid in 2021, and you can pretty much guess how many people have never raced this track. But Latifi, Mazepin... <laughs> Schumacher, Giovinazzi, Raikkonen, uh, Vettel. Vettel. So, I mean, like, you're, you've got some turnover here where this is new. Again, it's new for everyone because different generation of car. Obviously new for the rookies who weren't even in consideration here. New for some of the younger guys who came in in the last few years as well. Um, so, yeah, you're you're looking at, uh, let's see, Guiles probably, it's new for him. And... You know, so it's going to be an interesting race. And yeah, even a even a veteran like Hulkenberg, you know, hasn't been here. Correct, because he was not on the grid during yeah. this year. Yeah, and, and so and D- Danny won't be back to race here again. He was there in 2021, but obviously still out with his wrist injury. It looks like he will be back by Austin. I know that's what he's hoping for because he's he's an American at heart. <laughs> right. Uh and so, and that was, you know, uh, it's what we've been hearing, primarily not from Danny himself. We hear most of this uh, um, from uh, Christian, right? Christian's been saying this. He's been giving us the updates on him coming back, right? And so, uh, makes sense, obviously. And he made the point this week, too. There's no reason for Danny to rush back. He has a seat next year. It's not like he's racing for anything other than reps in the car and the desire to race. There's nothing for him to race back to. Um, it's not impacting his status for next year. Right. Um, and what also will you know add a little bit of intrigue to this weekend, it is our first sprint weekend since before the summer break, uh, which was at Belgium. So... Uh, that does kind of like play with the math as far as, you know, Max being able to wrap up the championship this weekend. Uh, I mean, you would expect him to maximize points in, you know, both, uh, you know, races. So, I mean, I I don't think he has to outscore Checo by much to, to wrap this thing up. There's only a couple drivers still even mathematically um, eligible. I think it might just be Lewis and Sergio at this point, but uh, you know a, a sprint weekend is going to be extra spicy. So we we only get you know we talked about the the lack of experience and exposure of this track. You're only going to get one practice period. You know you get you get one practice session, then you're going to get qualifying 
for the race on Sunday, but that'll be on Friday. And then on Saturday, you'll get the sprint shootout qualifying and then the sprint uh, and then the race on Sunday. So you're only going to get one session to really try to dial in the car before you got to start putting in, you know, laps and anger. So very interesting. Um, I hope it provides against just, you know, some kind of intrigue, some kind of mixing up of the grid. Um, I think it, it is inevitable that Max will take at least one of these two wins, but I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful to see somebody else get sprayed with some champagne. I, and I, I just think it's a bad idea to do a sprint at this track, given how little everyone's driven at it. Um, you know, screw it. Really, <laughs> but I've been saying, I mean, it, it's a lot more chaos. Uh, you know, I wonder if you'll see more caution from the teams because of it. Um, not wanting to hurt their chances in race. Um, also, like, uh, you know, why not do this at a track that's a little bit more well-known? But, hey, look, right? Fun. Let's get as much money in race as we can get out of these uh, these races. Um, if we're going to go to the Middle East. Uh, let's get our money's worth. Let's get our money's worth, right? So, yeah, uh, more potential, no, more potential intrigue for Ryan and Steve to get their predictions wrong. That's really what I see this as. Yeah. Um, but, I want to see uh, like how much more money can Logan cost the team because he's <laughs> he can crash in qualifying, he can crash in the race, and then there's two qualifyings and two races this weekend. But not not to you know even, but to be honest though. I think wasn't that a complaint not just from other uh, not just about that but from other teams is like with the cost cap and all of these the the potential for more live racing um, in certain formats that we are going to be running up against issues of putting out a a car that is the way we want to put out a car because of these sprints. Yeah, it was definitely a concern, and then they learned that they can just write off cost underneath the catering bill like for uh, Red Bull did. Right. Uh, he goes, hey, look, as long as they apply it fairly, I just don't want Red Bull getting one in and then nobody else gets to do it. Oh, I'm sorry. They've done that many times this year. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that's what I don't like. Again, we've, we've complained about this on the cast plenty of times. It's the inconsistency. I don't like the inconsistency in the adjudication of penalties. One quick thing I wanted to bring up was, I think it was Alex this week saying that, a five-second penalty is not really a deterrent for people, and he thinks it should be more. No, it's, especially if you can figure out a way to weasel getting out of it by, I don't know, let's say uh, getting back in your car after 20 minutes and going out to do a couple of Sunday drive laps and then coming back and parking it in the garage. I mean, that seems illegal to me. It seems like you shouldn't be able to do that. Again, it'll be one of those... Like you said, Red Bull does it. We're going to close the door behind us so nobody else, you know, benefits from it. But, yeah, five seconds, you know, oh, I, I cut the corner and I gained an advantage off the track. That's definitely going to be a five-second penalty. I'm just going to drive away five seconds, and, like, that'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it, or, if it's... like, or, or, you know, Alex got taken out in Singapore, um, and then he also suffered damage at the beginning in Japan. But, like, especially in Singapore with Sergio, it's like, he only got a five-second penalty, but because he 
like took me out of the race or at least the chance to score points. And I was the car behind him. He was able to drive away more than five seconds and the penalty didn't change his position at all. Right. Um, and that's kind of the question for me. You know, it's like that scene in, in fairness to Red Bull, they try things that maybe have never been thought of before or they push the boundaries of the rules and see if they get caught. And if they don't, they win. But uh, it reminds me a little bit of the movie Semi-Pro where they do the alley-oop for the first <laughs> time and everyone's like, that's amazing. And then travel. the ref's like, travel. Yeah, travel. He goes, uh, then foul then or whatever. And it's like, you can't call it. That's a play. That's a legal play. That That's points, right? And so... That's kind of what that feels like sometimes, right? We've seen right. this happen with other teams. The Patriots used to get away with this all the time in the NFL. But, I mean... And still it, try to get away from it. And, and still try to get away with it. Uh, and it actually pulled one off this year, uh, something new that everyone's going to copy with uh, a man in motion on defense to block a kick. But the, the thing for me is, are we, are we ever going to see the stewards or the officials either penalize heavier because they agree or come up with more standardized penalties because they realize the penalties they're putting in place don't really matter under circumstance, certain circumstances. I mean, I, I think unless you get to having the same stewards at every race, because right now each race has like a new set of stewards more or less. So like it's, it's um, not standardized in any way. It's very subjective. Um, so until you have some consistency there, I, I don't see it happening. Now, the, the one thing that is happening, like the five seconds in the race isn't doing a lot. But Checo's starting to rack up penalty points against his super license. Excuse me. Racking up penalty points against his super license. He's got seven now, which only puts him five away from a race ban. Um, you know, nobody's really run afoul of that before. I know... You know, Pierre was close at the beginning of the year because he was carrying a lot over from last year, but kept his nose clean enough. And no one really believes that someone would get a race ban because, like, it, it hasn't happened. But I, I think that still has to be on the table. If, if you're going to be... And I don't want to say Sergio's been reckless, but he's been clumsy. If you're going to be clumsy... And you're going to, you know, block people in qualifying. You're going to take people out of the race. You're going to continually make contact with other cars and ruin their chances at scoring points. There's got to be consequences. And, you know, Alex is right with, you know, five seconds in the race not being enough. I think maybe the, you know, one or two penalty points per incident he's getting might need to be two points each so that he's, you know, really getting... Um, some kind of deterrent. Yeah, maybe you don't want to mess with the timing in the race, but maybe you mess with someone's ability to race in the future, right? Um, uh, kind of like flagrant fouls building up on you in the NBA. Um, you don't you don't necessarily penalize people more or make the penalties count more in the NBA, but you make sure that they call a flagrant when they call a flagrant, they call a technical when they call a technical and those things build up in financial and or points on your record to cost you a game eventually. Right. Right. I mean, I, I don't think there's been a, a race ban since uh, 
Roman Grosjean in 2012 when he, you know, took out half the field at the beginning of the the uh, Belgian Grand Prix. Um, I think that was the last. I mean, it, there's probably another time, and I'm not remembering it, but I feel like it's been you know over 10 years since someone's really been handed a race ban. And I don't know if it's the fault of the FIA or the organization to not to to err on the side of not banning people, or if they just have low standards for what is bannable, right? Right. I mean, like there, there's, you know, spe- speeding in the pit lane could pick you up a point against your license. So there's like smaller infractions like that, which is what Gasly was worried about at the beginning of the year. It's like I'm not doing dangerous driving. I'm just, you know, picking up, uh, you know, speeding under the safety car and things like that. That you know, uh, kind of racking up on me. I'm not taking people out or dangerous driving. So, you know, there, there's arguments on both sides for that. But uh, let's get into our predictions for this week. All righty. My very good, no good predictions. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I don't have to do the bad juju, I think, on Max anymore. Because we've broken the streak. So um, while I don't want him to win any more races, I don't have to do the, the, reverse, jinx. the reverse jinx anymore. We've gotten it. I didn't even have to do the reverse jinx that week. So, I will play this straight up. My first one is, in what could be his final race in an F1 car for over a year, I'm going to pick Liam Lawson to point. On a track he's never raced before, as a rookie, I'm going to pick him to point. I like it. I'm going to say a McLaren podiums and that we'll have three DNFs. Okay. I like it. Solid. Um, I am going to say we're going to get a poll from Sergio Perez. I'm, I'm going to give myself two chances here with either the sprint pole or the race pole, but like one, one of these, he's going to start the race first or he'll have the fastest lap in one of these qualifiers. Just feel like, I don't know. He, he, uh, he drives strong in the middle East. So I just feel like he needs to get some, uh, some desert air in his lungs and he'll be uh right as rain. Um, uh, I think that we're going to have, a Ferrari driver on the podium. Okay. And I think... I think... I think... I think... Oh, man. This might be a, a tough one. But it's just generally how I feel right now. I think... Both Mercedes drivers get knocked out of Q2 in qualifying. Both interesting. Okay. I don't know. I feel like uh, the car is not great at the moment. I think they're... I don't think they're struggling. I just think Ferrari and McLaren are doing much better than them right now. So I think, 
you know, your top 10 qualifiers are going to be both Red Bulls, both Ferraris, both McLarens. That's already six. Um, you get a fast flying lap from Alex. Alex Fernando is definitely going to be in the mix. Um, and then I wouldn't be surprised if it, if an Alpine showed up in there. Like, I, I just see it, you know, one, like, you know, we didn't even talk about last week how Mercedes still keeps shooting itself in the foot with, like, little things, just uh, qualifying strategy, it, it, tire calls. Their, their pit stops are still nearly a second slower than everyone else, and when it comes down to the end of the race and you're just – you know, seconds away from the car in front, you wonder how much those seconds build up. Uh, I feel like they're going to maybe not get the strategy right when it comes to qualifying. Because uh, I think, it, you know, with it being a sprint weekend, the qualifying is going to be a little bit adjusted as well as far as which tires and in which order they can use them. Um, so, yeah, I think they're in real jeopardy of not making Q3. That's interesting. I... Would say it's a stretch. I do believe one might not, um, and I won't call it on George or Lewis. George seems to qualify a little bit better, but I always have faith in Lewis uh, putting down a good lap. So uh, it's bold to say two. I, I wouldn't say impossible. I you made a good point. You made a good you made a good reasoning for it. I just find it hard to think one of those Mercedes isn't going to sneak into Q three, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, bold strokes for bold folks. Correct. Um, I believe you do need to still catch me in the in the rankings, so you got to make bold moves, right? Well, I mean, you've got a, a max esque lead on me now. I know we, we haven't kept up in the last couple of weeks. I mean, uh, life has done its best to kind of throw us off of our cadence. Yes, um, the, the 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 start of fall for me and Stephen means the. Uh, continual punch in the nuts uh, of life to, to our schedules, but uh, we're doing our best to keep bringing this content to you. And with that, I think we'll look forward to recapping the race and you have the sprint weekend in total. And, you know, our expectations are high, at least to having, you know, an exciting race weekend. I, I am. I will gladly have all of my predictions go to seed if Max doesn't win. And I want to be on the record saying that. So, uh, for the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 podcast, I'm Ryan Vasquez. I'm Stephen McNally. And we'll catch you next time across the line.